on today's weekend edition of the Locked On Texan Podcast, YouTube comments, and Brandon K. Scott. We will talk all things Texans ahead of Sunday's matchup. But first, it's the weekend. Let's get them in. Let's get them out, Cody. Let's start the show. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to a Locked On Texans podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, uh, your team every day. Uh, I'm John Hickman, and normally there is somebody that sits on the other side of the screen that is not sitting down right now in Cody Davis. However, uh, we will be discussing the YouTube comments, and we will be joined by Brandon K. Scott. Oh, there Cody goes. Welcome back to the show. I didn't know if I was going to have to do this with a ghost or not. But we will be talking to Brandon K. Scott shortly. Got to kick off this weekend's episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast with the YouTube comments. But before we do, Cal McNair has been doing some cool things. And I think he's been going through a somewhat of a virtual or um, in-person makeup apology tour. Just (laughs) trying to continuously repair the relationships uh, the relationship with the fans here in Houston and around the country uh, one of the cool things that I thought that he did was a reddit form he got in and reddit and was able to answer some questions and one of my favorite responses was I can't say this person's name uh, well it actually says can't say as this person's name uh, but the question was, are you a fan of the major motion picture, Tommy Boy? It's one of my favorites. And, of course, that is poking at <laughs> Cal McNair being called uh, Tommy Boy when everything <laughs> started to kind of fail a couple of years ago. And Cal McNair responded, I am. And it's one of my favorites, too. Didn't Tommy Boy save the company? That's how I remember that movie going down. Hey! You got to love that, right? Like, you, you got to love it, you know, him owning that and also saying, if y'all want to use that movie as a, a way to depict me, mm-hmm. at the end of the movie, I kind of saved everything. And when I look at what Cal McNair has been doing lately, I don't know if it's going to pay out. I don't know how this season or the next year is going to end, but you have to respect the man that is going through what he's going through to make things right. And uh, they also had some haircuts that <laughs> some fans didn't like. Lovey Smith, Titus Howard, some of the other guys, and Cal McNair was getting some haircuts at the NRG Stadium on Friday. And uh, my only response to that, Cody, is, Cal, uh, you got to let what you got go. Like, you got to <laughs> you gotta let that go. You got to get like a low tape of fade. Cal McNair can go to Cal McNabb with, with just a haircut. Like, you mm. know, he may start getting a little, little tinted if he get the low taper fade, uh, you know, kind of hide up a little bit. You know, he, he, he may go from McNair to McNabb. But let's go ahead and hop into the YouTube comments, Code. I, I want to respond to one right now. Daniel Salas, uh, this was 15 hours ago on the No Running Allowed episode of the Locked On Texan podcast. He said both Jonathan and Cody picked the Colts to win. Great pair of cheerleaders for the home team. Of course, they're wrong. My Houston, te- my Houston <laughs> Texans pull off, and this is where it gets confusing. Uh, he said, My Houston Texans 
pull the offset. I prefer my local commentator root for the home team. Well, first of all, let me respond to that. There's no way that you could think my name is Jonathan when every day I say my name is John Hickman and it's right here. Also, Cody was spelled with a D on YouTube right here every day when you open up the podcast. It's clearly C-O-T-Y, not C-O-D-Y. Lastly, I think you meant to say the upset, not the offset. We're not talking about the Migos and offset not even with the Migos no more. But to respond to the comment, Cody, uh, listen, we're just realists. We want to see this team do good, and I believe that on a crossover edition, I, I think I said something along the lines of, I can see this team winning this game. I don't think they will, but I can see Houston pulling off the offset. <laughs> um, but we're not going to be cheerleaders for this team. We're going to report what we what we see, what we learn, and, and what we're able to provide, and then we'll make our own opinions for that. I think a lot of times people have gotten caught up of wanting to hear good things what i responded to him was and this is not a personal attack but what i responded to him was well i'm not going to give you the cherry on top this is what's going on and, and this is how we feel cody would you like to respond to that um i mean at the end of the day we're not cheerleaders we're not fans we are houston texans beat reporters who cover this team and you know part of being beat reporters part of being analysts i mean we have to call you know what's real and you know and it's just unfortunate that the first game is against a team where, you know, on the opposite side of that line of scrimmage, it is a running back who almost rushed for 300 yards last season. And, yes, you know, the Houston Texans did make some adjustments to their defense and everything else in between. But at the end of the day, the the Indianapolis Colts, they still have, you know, a, a better team, a more talented team than the Texans. However, what I will say on the flip side, um, we are rooting for the success of this organization. No one wants to continue covering a sorry team. I mean, me and John only had the opportunity to recover, to cover a good Houston Texans team. That was our first year when we were still trying to find our way on locked on Texans and Texans wire and everything else in between. But, um, you know, but, but like I say, you know, even though I have the Indianapolis Colts winning this game, um, I really do believe that it's going to be competitive. We're going to see a lot of yes. promise and development in this very first game that's going to set the tone for the whole entire season. And I want to piggyback off that by saying, by no means do I think we're going to see the same product that we saw last year. Hell Listen, no. I don't know. How, it's countless times Houston was just blow off, blew off the field. Um, twice against the Colts, right? <laughs> and so I don't 60, see What is it, 63-3? to three? Yeah, I don't see this being a 31 to nothing game or, you know, I, I don't see that happening. And I think for 17 games, you are going to get a competitive, a more competitive team than what you saw last year. But if we're counting wins and losses, I think this game, in my opinion, will be a loss for Houston. However, I can see them winning the game if certain things work out. I do want to go to Tesla. Uh, he commented on the coach crossover episode. He said, bro. I always thought John was a 40-year-old man, a 40-year-old <laughs> ball man. I'm literally dumbfounded right now. And so I want to do one thing. Cody, can you take your hat, your hat off? Uh, no. Okay. Well, only <laughs> one of us. <laughs> it's only one of us. And I pray to God every night. I get on my knees and I say, God, you can take a lot of things from me. You can take away the house, the cars, the clothes, the keys. <laughs> Don't take away my lineup. I need it. I don't want to, oh. you know, um, but 
Uh, I thought that was kind of funny. It's a weekend show, guys. We're going to have some fun today with me before we get Brandon King started on. <laughs> Um, but you know what? I did want to go to one that I thought was very important. If you guys can give me an opportunity, I am going to find it. Uh, oh, yes. X Facts. I'm with Cody Davis. Uh, the, the Texans offensive line has to be addressed. It's going to be hard for Damian Pierce to run up the middle with the Colts, Indianapolis Colts defensive front. I will say this if they can get effective running. The ball on the outside of the tackles, Texans can be successful in the run game, but I don't see them running up the middle. Texans defensive front is much better uh, this year. I think they will hold Jonathan Taylor under 100 yards, and I think the Texans mm. is going to upset. Uh, it's going to be an upset for the Texans 24-14. Now, that are the comments that I like, x Facts. Shout out to x Facts because – I think that's all reality, right? Uh, DeForest Buckner, uh, Yannick, uh, Quiddy Pay. I mean, they are pretty <laughs> solid across that defensive front. But DeForest Buckner is going to be a tall challenge for whether it's McCray, whether it's AJ Can, uh, even if Kenyon Green gets in there. So that's going to be difficult. But I like the fact that what he did was point out, Cody, I'm going to give it to you. He pointed out the two best parts of this offensive line. Is the tackles, which that's why he said, hey, let's run the ball outside. Let's, you know, get out there. So um, 24 to 14 isn't far-fetched. Jonathan Taylor being held under 100 yards, that that's may be a, a little bit more far-fetched. Uh, <laughs> it's you know, a must. But that, that's a must in order for them to really have an opportunity to win this game. And even if he rushes for over 100 yards, we can go back to the – preseason game versus the Saints. The only time the Texans gave up 100 yards, however, when you look at how many times the Saints had to run the ball to get that amount of yards, mm -hmm. that's a positive. So you, if you can limit, like I said early in the week, limit those big plays and run, yeah, you'll have an opportunity to win the game. And I do want to add this really quick before moving on. Yes, Justin McCray is going to start at left guard for the Houston Texans. However, Lovey Smith did um, come out and say on Friday that um, Keon Green will get snaps. He will get a good amount of, amount of snaps. And he did that. say the only reason why um, Keon Green did not um, is not starting on Sunday is the fact that, of course, he missed, you know, half a training camp. And he said that, you know, anytime a player – they have a policy. Anytime a player miss a significant amount of days, a significant amount of weeks, regardless of the injury, they're going to put him in this in this slow um, ramp up period. And as of right now, Keon Green is on the is on towards the end of the ramp up period. But he said there's still some things that you know they're working on throughout practice, and you know. It doesn't seem like he's going to take him a long time to get used to things. But you know, I'm I'm looking at this from a standpoint. Come. Uh, Next week might be too soon, but come week four, week, week week three, week four, I could definitely see Keon Green taking over at the starting left left guard position. Today's episode of Locked On Text presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than the Prize Picks projections, you can win up to ten times your money on your entry. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on, prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. 
Welcome back, Locked On Texan listeners and viewers out there. Thank you guys for uh, showing up for this Saturday edition mm. of the Locked On Texans podcast. You can be anywhere in the world, but you're here with us. And also here with us is Brandon K. Scott, Sports Talk 610 Radio. Welcome back to the show. Texans play on Sunday tomorrow. We got you in here right now. Let's get right to it. Is there a chance? Or... Is there improvement, or will we get the same Houston Texans from what we saw last season? Oh man, it's always a chance. Like you're not gonna, I'm not gonna say it's, I'm not gonna say it's no chance. Now is the chance pretty slim? I think the chance is pretty slim of, let's just say of the of the Texans winning. But could they cover the spread? Could they look a lot better than last year? We were talking before the show. Like it'd be hard to look worse. Uh, but I do think that there are some things that play into the Texans' favor that, let's say, didn't last year. Like you've got Davis Mills with a year under his belt. More importantly, though, you have Damian Pierce, a real actual running back, um, and an improved offensive line, we think at least. I don't know how much improved or how big of a difference it's going to make uh, in, in terms of this matchup, uh, but we feel like it's a better offensive line. And then, of course, the news that came out on Friday about Shaquille Leonard being ruled out for the game because of, uh, you know, the back surgery that he had in the offseason. Apparently he's still going to need a week to get uh, to get right from that to be ready to play. Mm-hmm. And we all know that he was one of the game records. Like that, that to me, in and of itself, increases their chances of at least being able to move the ball or, or one less person who is going to threat to turn them over, you know, uh, you know somebody, to, a threat to strip sack, uh, uh, you know Davis Mills or to intercept the ball like he can he can impact the game on a, in a variety of ways as we all know so not having him to me is a big deal for the Texans in terms of their chances but I've been saying this at least for the past week now just when you break down the matchup when you look at them matchup by matchup name by name like they don't match up with these guys well they just simply don't so um so yeah well, could they could they shock them? is there a chance absolutely um, and are they better than they were last year? I think so. Uh, but I don't think that's going to amount to much in terms of the win-loss column on Sunday. Brandon, when you take a look at this game, um, you know, you say that you don't see them matching up well with the Houston Texans. Um, you, you do believe there is, like, somewhat of a slim chance. But when you say I, slim, a, it's like Virginia slim or? Virginia, yeah, Virginia slim. One of them 120 menthols. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> one of them with, 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 but with lipstick on it. It ain't because it ain't a really a Virginia Slim if it ain't got two dollars. I got you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, but uh, but when you take a look at this game, what areas do you think is most important where you can say if this goes right in the Texans' favor, they can actually pull this game off? Well, I, well, for me, I think the if you ask me like a, a formula to win, I think the way the Texans win the game, if they do so, will be mucking up the game, turning them over, running the ball, um, c- c- sort of controlling the, the time of possession and things like that. If you think about uh, maybe a maybe a perfect example would be uh, last year's game against Miami. Uh, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe maybe that's a good example. Or I'm sorry, not, I said Miami. I, I meant to say Tennessee. Last year's, last year's win mm. against Tennessee might be a better example of uh, the road, uh, obviously, the road game of hey, you win the turnover battle, 
and you do just enough, you make just enough uh, splash plays to win the game. I think that's the formula. As far as the matchups that I think are important, um, I think it's pretty obvious that it's the running game on, on both sides. I mean, what are, what are the reasons why the Texans were dominated by the Colts last year? It was because they could not run the ball themselves, and they could not – they had nothing for Jonathan Taylor. Now, they made some plays in the passing game as well, but, I mean – when it come down to it, they got dominated up front on both sides of the ball. Couldn't run the ball, couldn't stop the run. So I do think that they are I, – I don't just think. I think it's pretty clear that they're obviously better at the running back position with Damian Pierce leading the way. You want to see what effect that has, like how how long and how far does that go in terms of like just translating into being able to move the ball. Um, and also, also, you know, just open up the offense more so in general. Um, this coast defense is not one that bites on the play-action fake. Um, they're pretty disciplined in that regard. So I don't feel like running the ball effectively is going to necessarily open up the play action. Not that it can't, but I think it would be least likely to be against a team like this that's just so disciplined, um, at least how they were under Matt Eberflus. We'll see how things are under Gus Bradley. And I do think that they'll blitz more uh, or that they might blitz more this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, but yeah, for me, it's just straight up in the trenches and in the running game. And can they run the ball with Damian Pierce? And do they have anything for Jonathan Taylor? We talked about this in previous episodes, too, as far mm-hmm. as what we think about this defensive line. They did show me some things in the preseason, uh, more so on the pass rush ability. Um, but the fact that I feel good about that helps me kind of feel good about them overall. Um, and so we'll see. We'll see what they got for Jonathan Taylor. And, 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 and also, obviously, Matt Ryan. You know, they're dealing with a different quarterback. You know, and I think that that's going to end up mattering as well. So we'll see how all of that shakes out. Uh, offensively, you guys have been out there since day past one, like, you know, point one. You've been out there, and, you know, earlier this week <clears throat> on the podcast, Cody mentioned that they are kind of throwing in some wrinkles offensively. Now, we're not going to discuss it, of course. We're going to respect the wishes of the Houston Texans. Yeah, not yeah, yeah so. Brandon. I'm sorry yeah. to cut you off, but Brandon, Pep Hamilton specifically told me don't put nothing out because I saw, you know, something a little interesting, you know, doing the filming portion. And he came up to me and Sean and he was like, you know, don't put it out. I told him I wouldn't. <laughs> hey, you know what's but, funny, though, is, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that, though, because earlier in camp, uh, earlier in camp, I, I actually got a little ahead of myself and mentioned, <laughs> and mentioned, mentioned something that I saw that I wasn't supposed to. I think it was cool that I saw it, but it wasn't cool that I said that I saw it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I kind of learned that the hard way. It didn't happen to me, and then, but I kind of learned that the hard way myself. So the black vans like, ain't pop up on you. Hey, nah, nah, nah. nah <laughs> With the man, red I'm, helmets. Nah, man, I'm, I'm still, I'm, I'm a made man at this point. They, they not, they not just gonna be popping up on me without me popping up back. You know what I'm saying? There we go. But do you, <laughs> you know I mean? do, do you think that you know we talked about Houston offensively, and I, and I think everybody agrees. If if Houston can really effectively run the ball, like we've seen with Damian Pierce, are there some things that Houston can do offensively that is different from what we've seen that could bode well in their favor to put more points on the board and eventually maybe edge them out in a couple of games, get a couple of extra dubs? Well, I don't think it's any secret, uh, John and Cody, that they want to stretch the ball downfield more than they have, more than what we've seen. And I know that that's been a conversation about – Davis Mills throwing the ball downfield, and yeah, his deep ball looked good. His deep ball accuracy rated well last year as a rookie, 
But the eye test from what we see in practices and in some of these preseason games feel like it doesn't translate. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I think that there's still a lot to prove there. But but to answer your question as far as like what the running game could do for them overall. I've been saying this to, uh, since last year, John. Y'all know me is somewhat of a Davis Mills skeptic a little bit. One thing that I've been saying is, you know, like I, I think he's got tools and he's got some ability. What would he look like? if the guy had a run game like what would he look like if he had a decent running back and i've been saying that all year and then toward the end of it rex burkhead kind of turns it on at the end and i'm like (laughs) i don't think it's any coincidence that rex was balling out playing some of the best ball of his life at the time um and and therefore translating into adequate running game and davis mills started to look better you know toward (laughs) as as the season went on i'm like yeah who to thunk it that you know a good running game could could in some ways and and in somehow make your quarterback better. So uh, so yeah, man, I I think that the the run game makes will make everyone better and open up all kinds of things. I mentioned earlier about this not being the type of defense that bites on the play action, uh, but that doesn't mean that there aren't opportunities that they can't take advantage of. Uh, again, especially with Shaq Leonard being out, I think that that's going to matter. Um, there should be some opportunities in the middle of the field. Um, the tight end should feel a lot better about that uh, in terms of the matchups that they'll see. They still got players over there. Um, and, I, and I've said already that I don't like how the Texans match up against the Colts. Um, but I think it could start with at the very least running the ball decent. And that could open up some other things for the for the Texans offense. Thanks for making Locked On Texas your first listen every day, even on Saturdays. Now make your second mm-hmm. listen to Locked On NFL Fantasy football podcast. Find the intellectual fantasy expert, Vinny Iyer, who brings over two decades of NFL expertise and unique angles no one else has to get you the moves no one else is telling you about. So get ready for your fantasy draft with Locked On Fantasy Football today. Got to mention those matchups. Now, uh, the last couple of days, Cody and I have kind of been attacked um, <laughs> in terms of not being homers, I guess. But I do think Houston has maybe some favorable matchups. I think one of the matchups that I'm looking forward to is really seeing Stingley and Pittman uh, go at it. Are there any matchups that if you would put it on a scale, it could just kind of tip over in favor of Houston? Yeah, I actually like the Stingley and Pittman one. I would go with that one if, if there was one. I think just if you isolate those two guys, Pittman is a guy who, has shown a lot of promise, but still has not necessarily shown that he could be that or that he necessarily, not that he can't be, but that he is that number one go-to receiver. I think he is that guy for them right now. But to what degree, I think it's still a question. And obviously, uh, Stingley being a rookie hasn't proven that, but everyone feels like he's exactly going to be that guy. So uh, so I, I think that that is one. I mentioned earlier about the tight end now. <laughs> It's funny that I feel this way, given that I that I think the tight end matchup or that the tight end position, I should say, for the Texans is, if not their weakest, among the weakest, probably the weakest mm-hmm. position group. But having said that, between Farrell Brown and O.J. Howard and a tight end centric offense, which is the, the the wrinkle and the thing that I don't feel like we've seen a lot of is relying on the tight end. I know Brevin Jordan got a lot of t- or got several touches and got some looks. Uh wasn't necessarily impressive in the preseason. Had some drops that were disappointing. 
But I think we're going to see more from the tight ends is what I'm getting at. I think we'll see more from the tight ends, or at least I don't know if we will, but I hope so. If I if you were asking me what should they do, I would lean on and what matchups do I like? I like the tight ends absent Shaquille Leonard in the middle uh, as somebody who could match up with them. Um, they got really good. They got a really good slot corner in Kenny Moore. Kenny Moore is one of the better uh, one of the better corners in the league. Obviously, as is Stephon Gilmore, who they just added in the offseason. So really, from top to bottom, like you think about their think about it like this: their front still, even with without Shaq, without Shaquille Leonard, still features Quiddy Pay, some combination of Quiddy Pay, DeForest Buckner, Grover Stewart. And now in Don in Don and Gakwe, right? Mm-hmm. Or Yannick and Gakwe, I'm sorry, Yannick and Gakwe. I don't know why I couldn't get that out. But so you're looking at that front, you're like, don't really love how the offensive line matches up against those guys. And then and on the back end, like we mentioned, uh Stefan Gilmore and Kenny Moore, and then Julian Blackman is a hell of a safety. And so I'm like, man, that secondary is pretty nice. So where do I like it offensively? I like some little sweet spot, maybe against the the the, the the tight ends against the line uh, against the linebackers, maybe Damian Pierce, even Rex Burkhead, because you know he's gonna play. The running backs out of the backfield, you know. I know, I know. I know. Look, I didn't make, I didn't come up with the team, John. Don't don't give me that look. I didn't, I didn't come up with this with this outfit that you finna have to watch on on uh, on Sunday. And I say that tongue in cheek because I do like the team for the most part. That that element of it is a little bit confusing, but but yeah, I, I think that that's the part. That if I had to say. That's what I like. I do agree with you uh, defensively uh, with the point on uh, on Derek Stingley versus versus Pittman. What I'm more interested to see, though, just in general defensively, is whether they can bring pressure on Matt Ryan and what they do when Matt Ryan inevitably gets rid of the ball super quick. So, like, are they going to be – prisoners of their own success in some sense. Like if when they over-pursue Matt Ryan, if they're able to get in that backfield, Matt Ryan does a good job of moving around the pocket and dinking and dunking it so, when he needs to. So I, I really want to see this defense. I'm, I'm, I'm a lot more excited about them on a week-to-week basis than I am on the offense, if I'm just honest with you. Brandon, I want to pick your brain about this really quick because um, when I take a look at this game, um, I agree with you. I believe this game is going to come down whoever wins in the trenches. Um, but when I look at this team on the offensive side of the ball, I, I, I look at it as in I believe that this can be a breakout game for Nico Collins, um, especially with us looking at him as the quote-unquote number two wide receiver. And I say that because, you know, Brandon Cooks and Stephon Gilmore, they're going to be matched up for majority of the game. And I kind of feel like both of those guys are going to cancel each other out. And I'm also looking at this from a standpoint of, you know, with the Indianapolis Colts, I'm pretty sure they're looking at their game plan and saying, you know, all we have to do is focus on Brandon Cooks because nobody else in this wide receiving core has shown the ability to step up when needed. And that's why, and of course, I'm going to ask you, do you feel the same way? You know, is this a game where it could be a breakout game for Nico Collins? And two, and most importantly, could he be the the guy that can tip this game in the Texans' favor? Real quick, I hope Nico has a breakout year because I picked him up in a couple of fantasy drafts <laughs> towards the end, and I really think he can be a sleeper. But nah, I, so I think it's a big year for Nico, and that it can be and, and should be a big year for Nico, uh, just in terms of taking that progression from year one to year two. 
in terms of this matchup, though, specifically, like unless and I, and I don't think this is out of the realm of possibility, but unless we're talking about, you know, the quick slant, some of the short and intermediate stuff, you know, I have a I have a tough time imagining a lot developing with him downfield necessarily between this pass rush that the Colts are about to bring. Um, and then also, again, the strength of that secondary. Um, I got a tough time imagining that, that that things, at least for Nico, are going to develop downfield a lot. I could be wrong about that. But if he is going to have a, a big game, it's going to be catching passes over the middle and obviously just being bigger than everyone else. Um, I think that the potential is there. I still need to see more, quite honestly, before I can just definitively tell you, like the way I feel like I can definitively, like, or at least with my chest say, Derek Stingley is going to be a number one cornerback in this league. Uh, uh, Damian Pierce, if not a pro bowler, is a legitimate starting running back in this league. Uh, Jalen Petrie is a legitimate starting uh, safety in this league and who, who very well might and probably will make at least a pro bowler too. Like I feel mm. pretty comfortable saying things like that. I still need to see more from Nico before I can say that with my chest. I'm not saying it's not there. I just still need still need to see more of it. We saw a lot of it, or a lot of hints of it, I should say, in training camp. Several of those practices that he had when he was absolutely dominant. Um, that catch uh, to end the first half of the second preseason Rams, game, I believe, hey, the Rams, the Rams. Rams game was uh, was sublime. I mean, that was incredible, and that's the type of stuff that you want to see from him. But um, I, I still just need to see a little bit more before I'm ready to to say, yeah, I feel great about that being the number two receiver. I feel pretty good about it uh, based off of the traits, the physical attributes, and I feel like he's got a good attitude about him. Um, but I still need to see, just see a little bit more production-wise. From him. He only – think about it like this, too. He only played like 58% of the snaps last year on offense. Mm -hmm. So it's not like we even really got to see him as much as we feel like or think we did. Uh, we just saw a lot of the young guys really late. So there's this recency thing that's going on with us, and obviously he's been a big deal, like I mentioned in the preseason and in the training camp. But, yeah, we see more of that. Yeah, I'm going to be feeling a lot better and better mm -hmm. about it. As far as this game, though, um, yeah, I, if it's if it's some stuff over the middle, uh, some short and intermediate stuff that they can get going, uh, especially based off of that running game, um, I, I feel like it's there for Nico. Brandon K. Scott from Sports Radio 16. Brandon, really quick, where can our listeners follow you at on social media? Tell them about the B-Block podcast. Yeah, catch me at Brandon K. Scott on Twitter, uh, the B-Block Podcast, wherever you get your podcast. And obviously, uh, we're over at SportsRadio610.com doing our thing. And, uh, you know, the Odyssey app where you can find this podcast, Locked on Texans, as well as all of the Sports Radio 16 programming. So we out you, baby. And as, yeah. always, <laughs> and as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody C O T Y D A V I S underscore 24. Man, this is a real February type of show. You <laughs> <laughs> feel like it, don't it? <laughs> I'm John Hickman. You guys know me, man. Follow me on Twitter at John underscore Hickman 12. Follow the Locked On Texan Twitter page as well. And as always, make sure you guys are subscribing, liking, commenting, sharing the whole nine on YouTube under the name Locked On Texas. And we'll get back to you on Monday with a recap. And hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, it's a dub. But if it's an L, we're going to report to you what we saw. Until 
Monday. Yeah, nah, it's, it's, a, it's a February show. You got to cut it short. That means you got to cut it short. It's February. You got to cut it short. <laughs> you know what that means. We're going to give it to y'all next time, man. Peace.